Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone with computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. Good morning. This is the week of June 18th. This is The Dime. As always, I've got Kellen Finney here with me. This week, we're talking about the potential of cannabis. Research on cannabis continues to gain speed, and as the plant's chemical complexity becomes more clear, so does its potential. Almost 150 phytocannabinoids have been detected, but very few have been isolated and studied. While this is in part due to the U.S. federal prohibition of cannabis, it is also because most strains of cannabis are dominant in either THC or CBD, which makes the isolation of minor cannabinoids much more difficult. 2019, a group of Italian researchers announced their discovery of two new phytocannabinoids, THCP and CBDP, whose structures and functions are similar to THC and CBD. Kellen. Do you still think there are still phytocannabinoids that have not been discovered? I do. It takes a long time to do chemical discovery, and there's a lot of molecules out there. So I would imagine there's probably another dozen at least. Um, what do you think, Brian? you think there's more or not? Yeah, I think there's a complexity of more that are still out there. I, I think to reiterate what Ken Snoke of Emerald Scientific said at the Emerald Conference, we know nothing. And until we start learning things, there's going to be new discoveries left and right. And I think there's an endless amount of new cannabinoids out there for us to discover and understand the effects and the combinations of the cannabinoids, especially with the endocannabinoid system. So I think we're not even at step one in my mind in understanding exactly how this all plays out. And I, I'm really stoked to see the type of scientific research that goes into it and some of the discoveries that come from the advancement and the understanding of these cannabinoids. Kellen, what does the discovery of new phytocannabinoids mean for cannabis research and what in turn does that mean for the industry? I mean, at this point, I don't think the discovery, I mean, discovering of a new molecule is always exciting. Purpose behind it and if it can benefit humanity at all is really unknown. I think that it's more, it's going to be, I think the more exciting work is going to be actual tangible benefits from the existing 150 cannabinoids out there and being able to correlate those benefits to actual or those molecules to actual health benefits, right? I think that's going to be way more exciting than discovering a new molecule that no one had ever heard of. That's like, oh, cool. It's a new structure. No idea what it does. Add it to the other 150 cannabinoids that we don't know what it does. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I feel. I don't know if you feel any different, Brian. I think when you look at the amount of people in the world that are hurting from opioid addiction or are affected by cancer and these other areas, to think that there might be cannabinoids research that can benefit these people and help them improve their lives, I think is extremely exciting. And uh, I think research will really do that for the beginning of that phase. So I think it means we need time, we need effort, we need extensive studies, and we need funding. Prediction time. 
what will cannabis research look like at the end of 2020 and what will it look like in 2021? It's not going to look much different right now, I think, in at the end of 2020. Potentially at the end of 2021, it could be a completely different ballgame if it gains any federal support at all. Um, if that happens, then you open the door for university research, right? And at the end of the day, there's a university research is the most important research on the planet because no one in the universities are doing their research for profit, right? And so they're sharing all of the little tidbits that they find about any of the research that they do versus private research. Unfortunately, it's there to be monetized and it's there to be kept a secret and it's there to make money. And so with all of those factors involved in the private research sector out there, that's why it's still really hard to go find an accurate boiling point of just THC, right? And so all of these other like normal parameters in a in the chemi chemical world just don't exist because we haven't been able to unleash academia on it yet. And that's only going to happen if we get federal approval. You know what I mean? And so I don't see it changing that much personally. I mean, I don't know if you have a different opinion, Brian. Optimistic Brian continues to believe <laughs> it'll be federally legal. I understand that I live in a tiny optimistic bubble and most people think that's ridiculous, but I think it just makes too much sense with all the states hurting for revenue and federally it just makes a ton of, at this point now, like all the things we're debating on, they keep going into, well, this makes sense. Well, this makes sense. Well, this makes sense. And eventually in my understanding of, of how real life should work is that people will look at this group of, does this make sense or not? And go, well, there's everything in this side and nothing doesn't make sense. We should just go for it. And once we go for it, like you said, the academic research picks up. And once that starts to happen, new discoveries will take place. And I think it'll be a really exciting time. And I think from where we sit from an industry standpoint, there could be a ton of new advancements by this time next year. And I think it'll be really exciting for us to be a part of it and to watch it and to be able to kind of live comment as these new things happen. So I'm stoked for it, and I think now is as good of time as ever to be involved in this industry. Thanks, everyone, for participating. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.